0: If if
1: This is a spoiler alert that you actually are Nina. I'm going to be so pissed. And if I'm metaphorically Greg, (laughs) the way you're describing Greg sounds an awful lot like me. And I am not happy right now. We're back. Slow down podcast. You guys excited today? I'll tell you what I'm not excited about. I'm not excited about the fact that some girl named Nina apparently typed my phone number into something somewhere on the World Wide Web. And all of a sudden, I'm getting offers for $500 rewards, gifts, prizes, legal calls, emails, people want to defend me in court. Um, from the massive, massive <laughs> deficit I have, and the federal government is not happy with me right now, guys. It's not good. I'm getting voicemails, text, calls, emails. So I don't. What what do they call this when this happens to someone, Ryan? What is this called? A bad day. I a bad day. No, there has to be a term for when like someone puts your personal information in when it's not you. Yeah, I don't know what the term
0: is. Uh, I do know I have done it to someone else. (laughs) You've done this to somebody? (laughs) Yeah, so it's actually actually a secret I have kept for for several years now that I guess I'll confess to if that's all right. Can I confess to you guys?
1: Yeah, it's just us, bro.
2: Yeah. Okay. We'll, We'll keep it among ourselves.
0: Good, good. Yeah, I don't want this getting out. We got this friend named Greg, and so Greg is this um, big, boisterous personality. Uh, he's he's loud. It, you know, we used to joke I've about how... I've never met
2: anyone like that.
0: <laughs> how, like, you could hear him coming from several cities away. Uh, <laughs> is that because he's big or is that because he's loud? <laughs> he's uh, Yes, yes. Uh, so... Yeah, it is funny.
1: If I this is a spoiler alert that you actually are Nina, I'm gonna be so pissed. And if I'm metaphorically Greg (laughs) It's it's not give it away, dude.
0: I don't even guess it I swear it's not. But if I could get you the
1: way you're describing Greg sounds an awful lot like me. And I am not happy right now. If I get Nina, calm down. (laughs)
2: We're trying to hear from Ryan right now.
1: If I could get
0: Tony and Greg in the same room, I don't know. I mean, Russ and I would both be pissed. I do know that because they'd be way (laughs) too happy about things. Lots of chipperness. So much chipperness. Anyway, so where we were uh, living at this time, the the restaurants had this really popular thing. Every restaurant you ever went to gave you this feedback card, and they asked you to fill out some information about it, some of your personal info. Greg lived in a different city, but me and a friend, every time we went out to eat somewhere – would always fill out a contact card <laughs> for Greg and put his personal phone number on it and leave a comment that said, please call me immediately. <laughs> and so I don't think he ever, he ever knew that it was us doing it, but I know he was getting blown up by restaurants in different cities asking about the contact card that he filled out.
1: So question, did he
0: ever like talk to you guys about this? Like, dude, man, like I keep getting these calls, like what's up? Mm. No, no, I don't think he had a clue. Oh, dude, that sucks. So
1: I might that would have been so him. good to, you know, just share in the joy of of his, you know, frustration. I might I might tag
0: him in this podcast when it comes out.
1: Yeah, do it. Greg, if um, you're listening. Greg, 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 whatever your name is, if you're listening, first of all, I want to meet you because I too am large and loud. Um, My name's Tony and um, yeah, I just feel bad for you, buddy, because I'm going through going through the same thing. Amazing. I would say this before we get into what we're going to be talking about. Um, If there's anything that this podcast can add to your life, um, we hope that it's Helping you grow in freedom and good news, we hope that it's helping you um, live out like this idea of love God, love love neighbor, discipleship, being the church in the everyday. But also, too, I hope we can add to you just some real, like practical, tangible ways that you can just mess with your friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: some ways that you can just show your your love for them. Yeah, is filling out some random cards at places <laughs> and i think that that's what I, whoever wrote that book the five love
1: languages he really screwed up on that one like
2: oh for sure. one
1: there should have been a sixth one on there about just like relentlessly messing with people. <laughs> yeah because that's how i show love personally
2: yeah and i can ryan and i can can testify <laughs> <laughs> yeah to sure. your to your lovely ways it is, I feel like it endears people to me.
0: Some My relationships
1: grow and strengthen because of this. They do. They like do, I bet man. Greg loves Ryan. Well, he doesn't know.
0: Well, he might now.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cat, cats out of the bag, man. Cats out of the bag. You are loved, Greg. We love you, Greg. We have no idea how to get people to stop contacting you, but we love you. <laughs> All right. For so. a
2: really quick for a gift of 99.99 a month, Greg, <laughs> we will keep your public information off of this podcast for future reference.
1: So good. We'll send you an email with some ne- easy next steps. Yeah. So continuing the conversation, welcome back to the Slowdown podcast. We've already said that, but you know, just as a as a way of transitioning, um we've been continuing a conversation through our Reclaim training. Um, It's a conversation that started way back um, and we've been continuing a one long conversation. But if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about issues of just church and being the church. Um, And um, we're transitioning today into just this mission that he's given us as the church, not something that we need to do in order to maintain our status as the church. We've been talking at length and in depth about our identity being wrapped up in something Jesus has done and accomplished on our behalf. Mm -hmm. So there's an identity for us as the church, but there's also a functioning as his body and some cool things that he's invited us into. One of those is how we love one another, all the one another's in scripture And we talked about just that idea of like caring for each other, loving one another, serving one another, being hospitable to one another. Um, And now we're we're making a a shift into this idea of of mission and discipleship. And this is a is a bit of a hairball conversation for some of us. Some of us are, are brand new to this and are untainted by years of books and trainings and seminars and conferences and whiteboards right. and, and missional geometry, right? Some of us are untainted by all that. And if that's you, man, praise God, because there's going to be less to undo in your life. But we know that some people um, who are listening in on the Slowdown podcast, there's, there's a little un- untangling to do, a little, little undoing. We need, some, we need some clarity. We need some simplicity in these areas. And we hope to do that today in this conversation, Reclaim 7, the
2: timeless functions of discipleship. Timeless indeed, right? I mean, you're talking about just taking a deep dive into what do you actually see Jesus spending his time doing? How did he go about uh, loving and discipling the people around him? How did, he, how did he point them to this bigger picture of who God is and what he's really like versus what they were handed by somebody else? And I think even just sort of even going beyond that, right, to how did the New Testament church, right, these people that that saw Jesus, that walked with Jesus, how did they go about doing this? How did they pass mm-hmm. that on to other people? And I love just diving into that because it just really helps you sort of get in tune with the very ways of Jesus. Yeah. And then then we're not really operating so much out of theory right um as much as we're mm-hmm. out we're operating out of something that's that's pretty tangible something that's that's pretty timeless as you even said so wait so doing this is more than just
1: like being able to like talk about it yeah that's i think that's the idea I oh think that's the idea I, I like sure. we could just like talk about it
2: and like show it on a board or a paper yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely a lot of that that goes on. And I think we laugh a lot about that on this podcast because that was even some of our own right stories. But we're laughing at ourselves. Yeah. We, we, uh, we ran in circles where you sort of moved from actually living and doing some of these things to spending all of your time thinking about it and talking about it and trying to make it really easy for everybody around you. And the, the irony in it, right. Is it just complicated it? Um, yeah. you, it, it wound up being something that was just as crushing as the law itself. Hmm. You know, in fact, I could even make a case for just the whole missional conversation, you know, has become a law in itself in a lot of sure. ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think, you know, really just to, to get things started here before we dive into, you know, into Matthew 28 and just a, a real clear picture of what Jesus said and what Jesus called us to, what he, one of the ways we say it is what he invited us to join him in. Um, I think the place to begin with is this quote that Ryan, our producer on here, shot to us um, from a book that that we've read, but it's been a little while. It comes from The Supper of the Lamb by Robert Capon. And I love this because it's such a great place to just kick this conversation off with this in mind. Capon says, there are more important things to do than hurry. If you take all your meals seriously, none of them get a chance to matter. (laughs) He says, with wine at hand, the good man concerns himself, not with getting drunk, but with drinking in all the natural delectabilities of wine, taste, color, okay, its manifold graces, the way it complements food and enhances conversation, and its sovereign power to turn evenings into occasions. Man, I love that. That's so dope. He says, to lift eating beyond nourishment to friendship and to bring the race, the human race for a few hours at least, to that happy state <laughs> where, where men are wise and women beautiful and even one's children begin to look promising. <laughs> Those are the great nights.
1: Man, I love your kids. I want to kill them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he says this, he says to be sure, and I think this is this is key, which is why we have this conversation, right, about the things that we've been invited into after the conversation of 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 identity, right, of who we actually are as a people of God. He says, to be sure, Capon says, God remains the greatest good, but Hmm. for all that, the world is is still good in itself. Indeed, since he does not need the world, its whole reason for existing must lie in its own goodness. I love this. He says, he has no use for it, only delight. Hmm. Cheers.
0: Good stuff.
2: What a we could, gangster, we could what a, we could end what the a podcast now. <laughs> like anything we say all goes downhill right from here. Well, guys, it was a good run on the slowdown podcast. <laughs> After reading that,
1: uh, we've realized that uh our words are of zero consequence <laughs> and no eloquence. And we are closing shop. It's been great getting to know you. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm going to go cut my grass baby. I don't even know what I'm going to do after
2: this. No, it's so true. And but I think there's there's something so beautiful about that just realizing especially when when we when we start to talk about mission and right people start using words like calling and purpose and what are you now going to go do, right? The you know, works to go with your faith, all these all these things. It's easy to get away from the fact that and I love how he says it here. He does not need the world. God doesn't need it. Its whole reason for existing must lie in its own goodness. He has no use for it, he says, only delight. He literally just delights in us. And I think what, what we find when we start to move into this conversation is the fact that although everything has been reconciled according to Colossians 1, not everyone knows that. Yeah. Right. Although there's freedom and family at hand in the kingdom from a king who's at hand, Jesus himself. Right. Even though that that's the reality of the world, not everyone knows that. One way you could put it is although resurrection is everywhere, it's not evident everywhere. Hmm. There's still strife. There's still sorrow and doubt and fear and anger, right? And acts of injustice. And all these things stem from our unbelief. And the God that's made us and already reconciled us and made us unified as one in Him. Hmm. And so because that's the, that's our reality on this side of the veil right now, you find this picture in Matthew 28 where Jesus says, listen, I've accomplished all that's needed, but everyone doesn't delight in me the way I delight in them.
1: Hmm.
2: So I'm not asking you to run out there, pull your bootstraps up and make it happen. I'm not asking you to go change the world, fix the world, because here's, here's the reality. You can't. But I did. Hmm. What I'm inviting you to do is go be my witnesses, as we said in our last podcast, right? Acts 1. I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. I've invited you to go and love people and, and, and point them, yeah, right? Through meals and through baptism mm-hmm. and through encouraging words, point them to me. Yeah. The one who, who literally offers the freedom and family that they're looking for in this life. Yeah. And so that's why we have mission. That's why we have this conversation. And that's why we're looking at how do we walk with him in this and not how do we, you know, put this as a weight on people's shoulders to go and accomplish.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's, I think that's great point, man. Um, and I think it, very, very important to this conversation. And I'm glad that you uh, went into that because there, there, this conversation is a hairball, right? Um, it, so much to untangle, and there's so much anxiety and performanceism, and 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 all kinds of just you know this idea that this is all on our shoulders and something that we need to accomplish. So connecting all this to the truths and reclaim one, two, three, four, and five is so so important. And I'll go back to that Second Corinthians five um, passage that we've touched on, um, just to piggyback on what you've said, Russ. That really the the idea of the mission to disciple is nothing more than extending to others around us, the things that we enjoy. Because if you'll notice in second Corinthians five, it says that God was at work in the world, reconciling people to himself. It go, it harkens back to Colossians one, all things are reconciled. This is the work of the son. And we, as the church, we find ourselves awakened to and trusting in that work of reconciliation. So we've tasted it. We've tasted of this love. We've tasted of this indiscriminate acceptance that's not based on my performance, whether good or bad, right? Because that's the shock when the sun comes, that he has so much to say about our law breaking, but he has a lot to say about our law keeping too, right? And and both our ditches that we can go yeah. into where we're trusting in ourselves and maintaining control, anything but like just dying to self and trusting in him. But we've tasted of this reconciliation. We know it. We've experienced it. Um, and he says, oh, by the way, those who have been reconciled, I'm giving you a ministry of reconciliation and a word of reconciliation. In other words, it's not like we show up for, um, like a cold sales call job first day and we get handed a script of something that we don't, a product or a service that we don't use. We've never experienced. And we have this script at hand where we're just cold calling people up, talking about something that we know nothing about. The thing he's invited us into is something we've tasted. And just like when you go and eat like a killer burger right? Or like Russ's <laughs> recent tour of Sarasota, where he's posted every single spot that he's gone to, right? And just like all this like amazing food. He's literally one A, like we know he's a foodie. And so he just he passes that on because that's like his thing, but he's enjoying these things, mm. delighting in these things. And he's passing it on through story, through Instagram, through conversation. That is mission. Mm. Yeah. It's a ministry of reconciliation
2: as those who have been reconciled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Because if you think about it, none of those restaurants asked me to do that. No. None of them were like, hey, could you, uh, could you tell all your friends about this? No, when you just, it's, it's the whole law of experience. When you experience something of great value, you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you enjoy something, you naturally extend it. Yep. and I, what i find like in some of the just church circles that i've traveled in over you know across the country over and over and over again and i've walked in this myself you know just so i'm i'm being honest here is we immediately jump to well then we need to teach people how to enjoy we got we got a, and all of a sudden now enjoying becomes a, a law and oh you're not doing this well that's because of this and and it's like, man, if we can just keep pressing in on the good news of Jesus and let just Jesus work and bear fruit in our lives, we can start to naturally extend these things. Hmm. Now, for the sake of our conversation here, there are some tangibles that we can look to in the scriptures. There are some right pointed pictures that, that God's given us as to sure. what discipleship is and how Jesus went about this and some, uh, some very timeless things that we can walk in here. I think what we're just making a case for here is just let this not be law. Let it be a journey that you enjoy yeah and uh and if that's you and, and you're and you're starting to, to to really experience the goodness of god 's great grace in your life, well here's some ways that you can pass it on <laughs> one thing to one thing to look at would be matthew twenty eight right yeah you've got this uh I mean pretty plain from Jesus right I got it pulled up right here, yeah go ahead and
1: read it for us yeah, so Matthew 28, we could start in 18. And Jesus came and said to them, to the 11, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age.
2: Mm. Go, therefore, and make disciples. So two things that we point out here,
1: one is just to connect it to the conversation we've been having this call to disciple is something that they've experienced they've observed and they've participated in for the last three years it's connecting to the second corinthians five right they've been objects of this they've been they've been they've been experiencing this with the son himself so when he says disciple um, here or go make disciples." really the thing that they're thinking of is really their experience with Jesus. The things they've Mm. seen do, watch him do, things that they've experienced themselves from him around campfire at the end of a frustrating day, at the end of a day filled with a bunch of cool stuff, you know, like Luke nine and 10. And so I think, you know, a lot of this is just pointing back to who he was, what he did, what he did in front of them, what he called them, invited them into, what they observed, what they heard.
2: All the things, right, that, as you said, man, that they personally experienced, things that they saw, things that they participated in, walked in. He's saying to them, go and, and share this with others. Now, as soon as you read this verse, I mean, you know this, I know this, conversation, right, often goes to this in any context that we've been in. But if you read it from, like, from one angle, it has this sort of like go overseas and live as a missionary, right, like angle to it. You yeah. know, go, 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 and we talk a lot about going. Um, and you know we always laugh and say there's a little bit of grammar talk that can come with this but it's important because verbs come in two common forms right infinitive and you know participle hell put your thinking caps on boys and girls (laughs) put them on because uh it's needed though right like i mean we laugh at it but no but for sure when you when you do press into the actual text here you know it's either go infinitive or going participle and a lot of translations render the word as go, although the Greek word right, in the original text of the scriptures is a participle. And so it should read going or as you are going would be actually the the correct translation of that passage. Yeah, And of course, then we get the word like make disciples, which sort of can carry a little bit of a theological interpretation there because... As we read through all the things that Jesus has showed us and taught us and, of course, the epistles that follow, nobody's walking away from this going, yeah, I have the power to make someone a disciple. Like, Mm. actually, you don't. You don't even have the power to do that in your own life. I can turn that person's heart of stone into a heart of flesh. (laughs) I can raise them from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) But we we laugh at these things, but we often like put that on ourselves. Yeah. Like we have to go make this thing happen. And so yeah, like, this is what he's actually
1: telling us. Go, go make this happen.
2: Yeah. So the beauty of just digging into the actual text that Jesus is saying is that the actual translation is reading as you are going in your day-to-day life, just as I have been going in my day-to-day life and you've been with me, he says, disciple, it's a verb. That's the actual, you know, that's the emphatic verb in the text. it's one word. It's one word. So as you're going, disciple people. Point them, show them, teach them about who I am and what I've done so that they too might have freedom and family on this side of the veil. Right, And then he goes on and tells them, and he says this to all of us, to every single believer, That This is what I've invited you into. This isn't a task that was given to the pastor. This isn't something you need to be seminary trained for. This isn't something that actually happens from a stage if you want to get technical. Okay? This is a a day-to-day life of walking with people that I've invited every single believer, aka the church, to participate in. I've invited all of you that in your daily goings, disciple people about me. Okay? Baptize them. Think about that. Every single believer baptizing people who say, I believe. Hmm. And then he goes on and says, and teach them to walk with me. Teach them to walk in the things, right? If you want to go back to some of our recent podcasts, teach them to live into the life of faith, hope, and love that I gave them. In other words, teach them to wait, watch, and walk in the fruit that I bear in their lives. This is such a beautiful story and such a an incredible picture of, of how God has gone about making the world known, right? Helping Mm -hmm. the world know who he is and what he's done so that they too can experience him. And he's invited us to join him in that.
1: Yeah. And And a promise of his presence at the end too, right? Which is just that, like you just, uh, that unwavering commitment to a people that, that he's made from his end, right? A promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's so good. So, this is not something you're needing to accomplish. This is not something you're bearing alone. This is something literally um, that He's inviting us into. He's with us. He's before us. He works in and through us. Yeah, we love saying that one. But He works also when we're sleeping, when we're clueless, and when we're foolish, which is another way to say He works in and through us. Yes, but without us. And a lot of times, and oftentimes, more than we would like to admit, in spite of us.
2: Yes. <laughs> God, he worked with you. He works without you. And most oftentimes, it seems that he <laughs> works in spite of you. This is because he's good. And like children, right? He's invited us to play along. And I just like, I love having the clarity around that. I love having the clarity around like what this word is and what it means. Um, it's so good. I love even just pulling back and looking at this through through the, through the text and, and realizing that number one, one of the barriers to this for, for me in my life and the lives of those that I've been able to, to, to walk alongside of in the past is this whole idea of evangelism comes in. Yeah. Whenever this conversation comes up, like, what do you do with that? Because for a lot of people to disciple, right? is something that you do with people that are believers that are a part of a church family.
1: Yeah. That's
2: where you like read dead dudes and study Hebrew words. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's discipleship, you know, like it's all evangelism before that. But again, we look back at this text and we go, well, number one, there is no such thing as evangelism if you want to get technical as far as a word in the scriptures. It doesn't exist. It's not an ism, in other words. The word that we derive that from is uangelion, right, is the actual word that's in the scriptures, and it just means good news. Yeah, The good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for ours. We've been invited to pass that good news on to others. So you do see like these evangelists, people that are, you know, really dialed in on that conversation with people outside the faith. Amen. But evangelism isn't a thing. In other words, if you take that into this context of Matthew 28 with Jesus, you find Jesus telling us to go and disciple others to walk with him. Evangelion, the good news of Jesus, is going to be a part of that conversation. But it's always a part of that conversation. In fact, you never graduate from that conversation. So whether I'm discipling someone who's outside the faith, using the good news of Jesus and all of its facets and every Mm -hmm. aspect of their life, whether I'm discipling them to him or they're saying, you know what? I believe. Okay. Amen. Well, I'm still discipling them in the good news even as a believer. Yeah. Because like what else would I remind them of?
1: Right. So I love on this point to just um, really quick I'm passionate about this because I, I used to think that way. Yeah. I remember discovering, um, that, um, good news had everything to do right with everything, all, all areas of thinking, being, doing, feeling, going, everything. Um, you know, even, even after I believe, because I used to think that the gospel's back here. It's the ABCs, it's the Gerbers, you know, it's like, <laughs> all right, it's the milk, you know, like, here you go. Now you should be graduating to stake and, you know, reading lots of Jonathan Edwards and more dead dudes and, you know, getting really technical and, and all that. Um, but a couple things. One is I realize that in Paul's letters, um, he's writing to the church, people who already believe. And his letters are filled with good news. He's connecting constantly, serving. He's connecting, serving and giving. He's even connecting money to good news. He's connecting to our posture towards one another to good news, like in, like in Philippians, you know, even second Corinthians, the money conversation. And so he's always, every, every aspect, he's just reminding them of who Jesus is, what he's done, know your identity in him. And he's calling them back to belief. But then also you see it in Jesus and especially tying it into the missional conversation here mm. at the end of Luke 10, they had a frustrating instance in Luke nine, but in 10, man, they saw some cool things happen. They even saw some demons were subject to them in his name. And they saw some like some pretty powerful stuff and they come back and they're all excited. And they're like, they're like telling them like, man, we saw this happen. Like this demon was cast out and this demon was subject to you in your name. And Jesus is like, yeah, cool story. Uh, I was there when Satan fell from heaven. And let me, know, <laughs> let me tell you that um, in terms of seeing that kind of stuff, I saw the ultimate time a demon was subject to, you know, me and my name, but also too, he says, don't rejoice in this. Rejoice ultimately let your name's written in heaven. Don't rejoice in just your doing, but rejoice in your identity, who you are, this good news that your name's written in heaven, that you're loved of God, right? That you found yourself reconciled. And so just that good news, man. Mm. That identity.
2: Reconciled, right? Identity, invitation. And that's what we're talking about here. And of course, this does get practical. You just start looking at like passing on good news, discipling the people in and around us, baptizing them, teaching them to the wait, watch, and walk. What does that look like? How do you go about that? That's where we're going. Right? Well, we've got a podcast following this one. And hopefully you'll tune into the next where we where we take a hard look at that. And uh and what does that really, you know, what does that really mean when you think about it for the pastor, the church planner? That's always where that conversation can go. But what I love for us is we're going to know what, is it, what does it look like for the college student, the stay-at-home parent, the CEO, mm-hmm. the entrepreneur, the school teacher, the high school kid. Yeah. And it has to do with every
1: every day. It has to do with every moment of every day because he frames Matthew 28 in terms of as you're going as you go about your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday to Sunday, every moment, every person, every space, every every conversation, this has to do with, it, it encompasses all of life.
2: That it does. So until next time, when we press into some more practical indications of that, peace to you.